Oh, shoot, you're right. Yeah, I saw DJ Premier yeah. drop the video or something for it. Oh, did he? Yeah, well, not like specifically commemorating the day, but it just happened uh -huh. to line up. Uh, he, he put out like a small little like couple tracks for the anniversary of hip hop. And he put out a video today for the track that had Remy Ma and Rhapsody on it. So uh -huh. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm sure it's good. I like that song. Uh, but yeah, who decided uh, that? Who like who that decided Remy Ma Remy and Rhapsody? Ma? <laughs> I mean, yes, but also like the greater hip hop. Oh, day. like anniversary who, day? Who was like, yes, it is. I mean, who? who I don't know who. I don't know who decides any of this shit. I don't know. When's Lee Ferrickson Day? Like, come on. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure someone, whoever thought to write it down first, is probably the one. Probably not yeah. the actual day, but eh, at it's this like, point. It's like, oh, hey, I'm going to, this will be the day I think that hip hop should be <laughs> commemorated and celebrated and enjoyed. Um, exactly. Apparently, but, I, could, I could probably just like literally look, look it up. Let's look see. it up to see who died. Oh! <laughs> oh, wow! Oh, okay. Hey, Hello. Sonia Fee. Hey, <laughs> you haven't even got started yet. Oh, sorry. I am. Um... No, this is good. I didn't know. I, I knew you had the. Uh, yeah, I, ha condo I was going to go look at a condo, but they sold it this morning. So I'm like, screw uh, them. Damn it. Like, because uh, <laughs> the housing market's going to hell. So, like, it's, a, it, it's good for the little guys like me trying to find a place. Yeah. Oh, God. You gotta get some connection for that Canadian justice. Oh yeah, Canadian justice. <laughs> that sounds like a lit show, <laughs> right? Actually, Sonia, next meeting you're in, pitch that. Canadian pitch Canadian justice. justice. It's just about. It's just a lot of stern talking and weapons and holsters. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can put it on like you can, what, you can have it in Calgary, like have like the the cowboys, like the Canadian cowboys. Yes, Brett would absolutely do it. You know, Brett Hart would absolutely do it. He would be like. Wait, I get to show up in jeans and, and <laughs> Russell? Yeah, I'll do that. I can, I can, can I slander Goldberg in this? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> can I talk shit about Bill Goldberg? Okay, yeah, sure. I'll do it. Win-win <laughs> to me. Bingo, bingo. Well, that suddenly reminds well, me of um, um, WCW when I was a kid was like the um, – was like the no-name brand of wrestling to my grandmother. Mm. So oh. my grandma knew I liked wrestling, but the only uh, w the only merchandise that was available at the local store was all WCW. So she would always <laughs> buy me WCW stuff, even though I was like, I had no idea who this big crazy guy is. <laughs> and so, like, I, and I remember that specifically because she got me a Goldberg shirt, and I had no idea who he was. <laughs> <laughs> Grandma, who's this white man? <laughs> like, <laughs> That's just, you can say that all the WCW songs. Who's this white man? Well, the only uh, reason I watched WCW true. as a kid was because I had a crush on Alex Wright. So I'd always, like, at the start of each match, I'd check who's coming out and they'd be like, okay, he's not wrestling. I can go back to Raw. <laughs> uh, uh, I'll do it. Real world. That will do it. Uh, uh, welcome to the thing. Uh, this is a show. Where we just kind of shoot shit. Uh, again, my name is T.L. Foster. I'm joined uh, by Jarrett, uh, by Emmett, and this time by Sonia, who you guys may know from the other podcast on this feed. Yeah, and from Live from the Forest. Yeah, and from KFC eating right now. <laughs> we're celebrating. Oh, uh, what's I mean, up? We're, we're celebrating. <laughs> I, you may have my, seen uh, Sonia at the KFC. <laughs> <laughs> we're having um uh, a celebration for my sister because um 
because it's her birthday tomorrow and it was our parents anniversary yesterday so wow. yeah so wow. it's a, a four days of eating basically <laughs> yeah shout out <laughs> happy birthday carrie shout out uh to your parents anniversary yeah it's funny i like teasing uh, them because it's their 37th wedding anniversary and i'm 37 in december so <laughs> i like teasing uh, them <laughs> boy howdy uh but yeah you no uh uh, uh, this has all been my diabolical stream to have two wrestling fans on here. To <laughs> <laughs> let me read out We're taking. No, hey, I, just like you with the KFC, I got hibachi here that got to me way <laughs> late. So, <laughs> so hey, say, if you want to just chill, <laughs> I will say, uh, I do think it's very funny. Um, just like the regional difference. So, like. Full disclosure, like lived in the South most, most of my life. Mm-hmm. So like WCW was the only one that would like WWF never traveled to Jacksonville, Florida until like after WCW died. So like I knew a lot of like I watched all of WCW. Like the first match I ever watched was Harlem Heat. The first match I actually enjoyed. I take that back. My dad used to watch wrestling <laughs> when I was a kid. And I was like, I don't like like I remember vividly my, my dad, who's from Philly. Which that's another whole wrestling thing, but he was like, "Oh hey, you know, I'm gonna watch Flair." It was like this, like a WWE event. So it's like <laughs> 91, 92. It's like I watch Flair and like other pay per view. I just was like, "This is boring. It sucks." <laughs> and walked out. <laughs> um, but then, uh, like around 95, 96, I saw like on a sh- like on a um, the WWE Saturday Night Show. I saw Booker T. I saw Harlem Heat versus the Public Enemy. Um, huh. which is probably like not a great the match. Public enemy? <laughs> the, the, yes. Okay, yes, okay. the Long public story. enemy. Uh, it is, wow, it is two right. white guys, two white guys, <laughs> well, in their forties, right. um, who appropriated doing the hip hop parade wave oh, and Lord. using <laughs> using tables. Uh, but they they fought in a match, and it was I will never forget the finish because it was a double pin because they rolled each other up. And I think Booker T and Rocker Rock's shoulders were down, and they both pinned, and the referee didn't know what to do. And I don't know what the fuck triggered me, but like as a kid, I was like, "This is the the greatest idea of all time." Like, <laughs> like ambiguity, what? And then like, and then I would say like the the next day I watched Monday Night Raw, and it was the start of the lead up to Sean and Brett. At WrestleMania, Ooh, I love that. And yeah. how they how they presented it was so cool. Like I didn't, I never saw like the sunny days and Shawn Michaels being an asshole stuff. I just saw them like treat it like an actual sport. Mm-hmm. And then like I said, like at the time, I'm ten years old. The whole story is about ten year old Shawn Michaels, and I was just like, <laughs> the boy yeah, this agreed. is really good. Yeah. And then yeah, that's and me then, on screen. <laughs> <laughs> basically, I I am this flamboyant guy, Shawn Michaels. But then like it. Uh, and then it became like an exception, uh, like an obsession for me. But like for me, I would genuinely go out of my way to watch WCW because again, it was by me. Um, it had a lot more of a diverse uh, roster until we got to Nation Domination. Then I was watching both. <laughs> um, but it was like it, 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 it like it would also influence a lot of stuff I grew into. Right, like I loved watching. Like I remember watching Rey Mysterio and like losing my mind. Like wait. Wait, people can like a human being can do this? Like a human being can move like this. And then watching Dean Malenko and then seeing like psychosis and, and sequel play, like all these different like luchadors and like 
finding this really cool thing that was like almost akin to like catching superheroes. Mm -hmm. And then like the big heavyweights would come on and I would turn it off. <laughs> like, cause it would be like, I, I don't care. But then like I said, the WCW, <laughs> the WWE got smaller and then I became that. So like, it's always weird to me when people are like, Oh, that was like the, the right version. Well, I was just like, well, to me, it's like <laughs> Pepsi and Coke. Like they're both like, eh. and like some days I'm like Pepsi. Some days I'm like, Coke. well, and sometimes you have a preference for one. And like, that was me yeah. growing up just because like, um, I was a hardcore Nintendo fan until Bioshock tempted me over to Xbox. And then, um, Batman tempted me over to PS4. <laughs> and so I am loyal to the things I love. So for example, I was a hardcore Bret Hart mark my whole life. And then I became a hardcore Shawn Michaels mark my whole life. And them um, battling together was like basically my end game. Like that was like my Avengers <laughs> as a child. And that event at WrestleMania, I don't like, I remember people talking about it being an hour long, but like even watching it now, I'm just like, man, this is beautiful. Like I, when, as a kid, I wasn't really into the technical signs. You know what I mean? Like mm. I wasn't into that side, but I, I just knew something important was happening. Basically it was like, um, I don't know. It was like a Muhammad Ali fight or something. <laughs> I feel like that's a lot of the myth of Bret Hart. Mm. Like a lot of people, because Bret's stardom, like he wasn't a star for very long. Right. In both places he went for unfortunate reasons. But I think a lot of there's been a lot of backwards myth making about Bret Hart where a lot of people haven't seen the matches, but everybody knows or every someone's the way they've always been presented to someone who wasn't there is like something important is happening when Bret Hart's around. Mm. Right. Mm. I think it was different just because I was Canadian and he was a huge well yeah, yeah i think when you're in canada he's <laughs> yeah. the canada yes. guy especially you know yeah especially it's like yeah 90s, it's like basically like, if somebody like more, punched out yeah, wayne the, he was like the out. prime minister of, <laughs> for like the 90s <laughs> like basically well, when he shows up in anything in canada people are freaking out like um yeah. there's this thing in the native community that we don't like where some native leaders will will adopt white guys and bring them into the community and, and on the whole we all hate that Except for when it was Bret Hart and everybody universally <laughs> accepted it. <laughs> and I think because it was the Blackfoot who accepted him and adopted him because he's from Alberta. All the other tribes were like, wait, we could do that? And so the Crees were like, well, we could give him something. So <laughs> yeah, from trying to retcon them, them Bret Hart's back into all their tribes. God. Yeah, it is I, funny to think about the W, like oh, the, conceptually, the WWE and WCW at the same time became global brands. Mm -hmm. But you forget that they are also they were still very regional for a really long time, right? Like, like you said, that was the South. The WCW was a South brand, like right. all those Southern territories kind of all combined. That's why Ric Flair never didn't go to WWE until like two thousand three or whatever. Mm. Like Ric Flair was is the South, like, right? You go below Tennessee, and that's Rick, that's all of that is Flair country. Yeah, um, he's on the money. Jeff Jarrett, <laughs> yeah. like yeah. like all of these <laughs> iconic dudes who would eventually become part of folded into the to the game were all dudes who wrestled very small loops for a decade. And when mm -hmm. WCW came around, and Ted and they they were the only dudes who were, I guess they were the dudes first in line to take uh, Ted Turner's money. Yeah, but. Also, that's a that was a very passionate group of wrestling fans that that's that whole southeastern sort of corner of the country. Yeah, so it's hard to, 
it's, right. it's interesting to see. It's interesting to remember that the WWE did not have the presence, like in in Florida, but like below basically Tennessee than they, that they do now. You know, fifteen years ago. I do think it's very interesting, especially like as we were kind of in a cusp of like of a new whatever this is. I actually think it's more of a boon. I don't think it's more of like a competition. I think it's more of a boon. Yeah, that's how wrestling. I feel it too. Um, especially like now that we got the old man out and Triple H was just like, oh word, I got <laughs> unlimited money and I can make NXT big time. Like, <laughs> And people were so upset. People were so fucked up by this old dude. They're just gonna let me do whatever I want. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get away murder for the next few months. Uh, but I, yeah. I do think, I do think, like one of the things that I think has really kind of been frustrating to see from an AEW, as opposed to what was happening in WCW, like you said, Jared, was like, it seems like with AEW, their whole mindset is, well, we're going to be the everything thing, like what WWE does, and like. When you're trying to build, like, when you're trying to build, like, a war or something different, I think stylistically changing stuff is very important, right? And, like, all AEW, like, from a from a complete granular part, to me, it sounds, it feels like a more insular, gritty version of WWE, instead of being, like, a wholly different thing. And, like, that's what was really cool about the territories, and then about watching WCW versus WWE. It wasn't just that. WCW and WWE were doing like competitive shows and doing all it was like if you're watching WCW for a good part of the 90s you were watching wrestling that wasn't on the WWE you were watching competitive luchador match you're watching you know these British wrestling that's not that's for sure Vince never thought about or cared about right like so you're seeing people like Dave Taylor and Steven Regal and like and then you're seeing Bobby Eaton, you're seeing like these these southern tag teams where Vince, like I said, Vince like big guys. And like I said, like the stuff that would put me away from watching WW like WCW was when they would watch wrestle a Vince match. Like I think Hogan is a better wrestler than he has any credit to ever be. Cause I've seen his stuff in Japan, but I'm not trying to watch a fucking Hulk Hogan match <laughs> at any age. Like I never rocked with Hulk Hogan from a kid to an adult, right? So you like, were on the money for that. <laughs> yeah, like Hulk Hogan was a white white kids um, hero. Like because I never met anybody who liked Hulk Hogan that was um, non-white. Like everybody fucks with Mar- mm. Macho Man and like. Yeah, I feel like Macho Man was like the non-white Hulk. Hogan. Yeah, like we all for some <laughs> reason I don't know why. <laughs> Yeah, everybody loved him. I went see that one. Folk, everybody who wasn't white folk with Macho Man. I, I, I yeah. couldn't tell you why. I guess we all had the same intuition. We were like, when we were teenagers. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, which one of them went on Arsenio Hall? True. You know, I literally like, watched right. that clip right before this. <laughs> <laughs> Great timing. Or which yeah. one? Which one? Hawk Slim Jims. It wasn't Hulk Hogan. <laughs> you know what? Hulk Hogan was on the Breakfast Club. <laughs> Which is probably worse. Well, that's even yeah. that's even worse. Yeah, uh, especially I, now. I guess that. Yeah, I guess that's a. I guess that's a, a perfect place. That's a perfect <laughs> place to start where this show is going to go. Uh, yeah, because yeah, so we're going to up. That, 
<laughs> we had like 24 good hours. I think at the Breakfast Club was over. Like, oh. Over, over. Wait, it's not over? <laughs> it's not no, over. Angel, Angel it was a marketing ploy. They wanted people to be like, oh, we missed the breakfast. Like, nah, get that God shit damn. out of here. They were trying to get the Jesus and Mero wave of like morning, and that was not the case. <laughs> yeah, we were celebrating. <laughs> it's but like Angel Angel Lee's really leaving happy. in the fall for her own show on yeah. the Fire Radio. But she's going to still be yeah, on the right, show right. until like September. And to my knowledge, the show's just going to continue without her. Yeah. Which, it, like, removing Angelie doesn't remove the problem. <laughs> the and, and if club. anything, it leaves more space for more problems. <laughs> I feel right. like The Breakfast Club, and I don't think a lot of people, maybe people have talked about this, maybe I'm talking about my ass, but I feel like The Breakfast Club, there is a there is a solid line from The Breakfast Club to where these Manosphere podcasts are. Yeah. Like, in their presentation, yeah, the line starts with, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, in their presentation, how the conversations go, like the the female hosts who they don't let say anything and have just mm-hmm. like people out here talking reckless and wild. Like it's such, I it's so, like uh uh Khalif Adams uh said yes said yesterday, and I was like. Yeah, that's sure. Not yesterday, but when it was announced, it was like, has the has the Breakfast Club actually done anything productive for us as a society? I'm like, <laughs> no. Like the only thing I loved about the Breakfast Club was that day when Jesus and Mayo ran DJ Envy out the booth, <laughs> which is the greatest moment in Breakfast Club history. Which is incredible uh. because because DJ Emmy thought he was going to run them out the booth. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then he looked around and realized Charlemagne was not here to help, and Angelina didn't even know this was happening. So it it was just. DJ Envy versus the two of them, and he didn't want anything to do with that. But it turned out, <laughs> oh, not so much Envy after all. Yeah, yeah. that's what one thing I did show. notice. Yeah, it is a weird show because, like, when when people in the twenty four hours where it was over, uh, mm-hmm. people were like, "Ah, oh, share your favorite clips of the show and everything." And every favorite clip was like some ignorant shit. <laughs> like, it was like the Ray J clip where he threatened to kill Fabulous. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> it was like the out-of-pocket question from Charlemagne, the logic about his sisters, which I'm not going to go into, but, like, very, like, why would you say that? Why would you do that? And it's funny in the moment. It's funny. It's like a 15-minute thing, but then you think about it, you're like, y'all have a whole show, y'all have a whole show for years where y'all just act like this. What the hell have we been doing? <laughs> the, the, the best thing that show gave us was the Wendy Williams show, which is the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the, all it is Basically. is just ignorant nonsense on your drive time commute like there's nothing mm-hmm. good and, and it it was your drive it, not even a drive time show anymore like it's kind of just like 10 o'clock to like the middle of the day because that's when rappers want to show up and, like, <laughs> yeah. and they know that they don't have to catch you on the radio they can catch you they catch you with the clips on youtube or whatever like True. there's way more ways to get these things in front of you and way more ways for you to then disseminate those things and that mm-hmm. became like the goal to get to create these moments which is why you let uh <laughs> which is which is why you let Birdman into your uh, oh my God. studio, <laughs> who you know has no interest in talking to you At because all, you've yeah. been talking completely reckless about him, probably deservedly for years, and he comes to the show to hijack the show for an hour and basically make you apologize to him uh, or try or try anyway <laughs> in, in whatever way that Birdman really can, which is incoherent anyway. Yeah. Uh, or you had, or like if if the the moments of that show that anyone remembers are Charlemagne and Envy being ridiculous and like completely inappropriate, or a guest doing that, 
<laughs> like right. it's not and it's it's not like they ask really good questions and like like you really get inside the mind of this new you, you really opened up this guest and like we really now now this person leaves we know something interesting about them or something we didn't know before which is sometimes true but like no one re- like that's not what anyone's here for and you forget all those moments because they're shadowed by the all the other moments and exactly. like even sometimes like even when they happen at the same time like the soldier boy uh interview is fascinating for a lot of reasons right because it does happen to shed some sort of add some dimensions to soldier boy but also that's not what anyone's watching it for <laughs> true I, I i just i wonder like can is there a way to have space like that right like all of us being you know people of color mm-hmm. right like we 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 want to be able to have something where we can look and, and feel reverence to go on. Like the Breakfast Club, like, yeah, it's a trashy-ass show and all the stuff like that. But, like, it also is where people, like, can go and promote their stuff. And, like, I, I just wonder, like, because, like, when you think about, like, the history of this thing, right? Like, this is, like, definitely – like the evolution of what the Tom Jordan morning show was, and then the Steve Hardy morning show was, and then this. God, I, I used to listen to those. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I mean, like, those as a are, child, like, as a those child. Are, those yeah. are things like how those things uh, like evolve, right? And then yeah, it goes definitely. into it goes into this, which is like the Breakfast Club, which is like trash. But like you guys said, like you want to go in, but like, is there a place to have those spaces where, you know, as as people of color, like we can go into a show and just be like, Hey, like we can have a show that's fun. And then also talk about something serious and not feel like, cause like something like that. I, I always get afraid of like, it's cool if we laugh at it, but like once it Who's gets outside of it? our spaces, yeah. right. Yeah. Why are you guys laughing? And then why is it funny for you? I think the right? only like, spaces that are open for that is like sitcoms now. Like, because um, mm-hmm. people don't expect seriousness from their comedy, so you hit harder when you. Like, we talk about it a lot on Fresh on Pod on uh, Pool House, but like, it mm. is a big thing, and like you you get like because I remember once a documentary filmmaker teacher told me that um, people who should be seeing documentaries about social issues will never see them. But they will see an episode of like Fresh Prince or whatever and like learn something about the past, maybe. Or like, because I always make fun of um, how little the uh, like how obvious the lesson is in things like Fresh Prince about like um, the Underground Railroad and stuff yeah. like that. But yeah, like I say that as, an, as a person who's read up about it a lot. So, but uh, as for like talk shows, I think the last one that would even come close and it wasn't even like a, a person of color show, it was uh, Conan. Like Conan, like pre, yeah, yeah like pre two thousand fifteen. You know what I mean? Like, cause like Conan yeah. got to get away with a lot of things, and like I remember that um, that uh, what was it? I can't remember, but I can't remember the comedian's name. But he was doing that skit about uh, where he had a white writer um speak his line when he got on um yeah uh, i, I know the clip you're talking about yeah. where they had a black guy up there who said the n-word for him <laughs> yeah exactly and he yeah, was calling him like that. uh he was calling him a rick james looking motherfucker and so he got the white <laughs> he, he wrote what he wanted the white guy to say and had the white guy say it and so it was really really stupid yeah. but really really hilarious yeah. Yeah, that was silly, but it it was a good bit. It was like, all right, they're they're doing some daring stuff, and like you said, I think I think Conan was a good avenue for that. But like, mm-hmm. it's really hard because like that's more of a strictly like 
close to like a straight up talk show mm-hmm. format where right. you do your comedy, you do your bits, and then you get some people to come in and talk. Where the Breakfast Club was more or less like like how I've been describing podcasts to people forever. It's just the radio without the songs and the ads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's mm-hmm. all a podcast is. So when it comes to the Breakfast Club, it's hard to emulate something like that and make it healthy because so many of the people who feel like they are up to the challenge or up to the task or just want to be like the beacon of the culture or whatever. Um, a lot of those people have too much hubris, too much ego and are, <laughs> are not the ones like uh, someone similar is a Joe button. We, we could talk about Joe button forever. Yeah. I don't really feel like it, but like yeah. homeboy is on some other stuff. I don't really like as a slaughterhouse fan, I got my rise and fall of slaughterhouse shirt out the car today. <laughs> so like, <laughs> I'm a. I used to like listen to his music a lot, but like him as a person when he talks, I don't know about that. So like you know, folks like him, I, I, Jesus and Mara would have been a great one because it felt like they were a perfect blend of we'll make fun of all of this stuff and we'll crack jokes and everything, but at the same time, we know what's actually up. We know what's actually like a healthy thing to say or talk about or do. Uh, so they they felt like it was perfect for it. So it's a shame to see them gone, but. What, they had such a wide impact that I'm sure there's going to be another one out there. We yeah. there's way too many Charlemagne the gods for people to like want that in their media. But I think there's so few people that strike that tone of like a decent Samaro to where I think people are going to be searching for that a little bit more. Yeah, I think the the, the other thing and decent Samaro kind of or an attempt to tell the story of just everyday normal shit through a particular sort of lens or a particular yeah. pair of lenses. Mm. Um, Cause it, it's not like they were, I mean, when they started, they were kind of just talking to like figures in rap or figures in like black culture, but that they expanded yeah. to, you know, superstars, like actors and musicians and uh, politicians pretty yeah. quickly. After, a Showtime show. After that yeah. first year <laughs> yeah. of Spice, they, they really kind of blew up because the, they, they had a mainstream appeal because they were talking or, or had a willingness to enter the mainstream. Whereas right. I don't know that the breakfast club wants to do that. They do that, you know, every election year, they'll start, they'll, you know, True. pull some politicians in or whatever, but how often are they talking to like Ben Stiller or whatever? Not that they should, but like, <laughs> it's not that imagine? people, people are thinking too, everybody. Go watch. <laughs> people thinking about the breakfast club and then thinking about how that overlays with Hollywood necessarily unless yeah. it's a particular black star of hollywood i think they wanted to have a live in a particular corner yeah. and i think part of why the breakfast club was successful is because it was messy like yeah there, there kind yeah. of wasn't a they weren't very staid about the things they were speaking of i don't think anyone whether they wanted to or not expected them to be very culturally uh sensitive um or expected them to have the tools to be um, I yeah. think if, if you can say anything about these Amaros, like they definitely have the tools to understand uh, if the if why the joke is funny uh, mm. and why why something is funny in some in a, in a situation full of things that are not funny, um, and they were very self aware when they were crossing a line, especially in their podcast, they they kind of made it a meme when they were crossing a line. Like yeah, they would turn yeah. an alarm off and realize and realize that they were crossing a line, and that was a, that was kind of a signal to everybody else to know that we we are wildin'. We're sorry. <laughs> you know who we are. We said this thing. We're gonna laugh for the next five seconds, and we're gonna move on. Yeah. Um. Whereas you can't expect, or 
someone like Charlemagne hasn't earned the trust of a of a community that is marginalized enough to sort of let him get away with things like that. Right. Yeah. Um, and I don't know that we have those people who can do that and also be funny and entertaining at the same time. Like True. I was yeah. thinking about this today because a lot I think a lot of people they're, they're especially I want to say turn like around right after like 2010s when like podcasting began to be democratized and anyone with a microphone could just you know get on the do phone this talk, talk about yeah. yeah 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 um, yeah <laughs> it, it kind of blew it got really big in games and mm. there was like this there's like the necessity to kind of be involved or be informed about everything that's going on in the industry so that you can talk about it. Not that you wanted to know what these things were, but that it was required to know right. the sales figure, the NPDs. It's required mm -hmm. to know what this particular studio is working on, how many sales it had last last entry. Will that affect this? Like all this analytics became like the baseline for everyone to talk about, but nobody talking about them were in the business of analytics. Just a bunch of people using analytics because that's what they hear people who might be in the business of these things talk about so now you 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 create that baseline for you to talk about it now you're talking about some shit not only do you not know about you're just regurgitating and you probably don't even care about so right. people are doing like podcasts twice once twice a week about some shit they actually don't really give a fuck about they're kind of just saying the same thing they heard from the podcast we all listen to they take yeah. that down to their little their micro audience and say the same shit when their audience is probably also listening to that same podcast. So like a lot of people just talk about the same shit all the time. And yeah. if anyone wonders why they had a podcast that had 100, 100, 200, 300 episodes, nobody listened to it, and then you don't podcast anymore, that's probably why. Like They realized they really like talking to a particular group of people. That's at least what I realized personally. Yeah, I realized I like talking to a particular group of people about some stuff, but I know that I probably don't have something insightful, entertaining, witty, or uh, revolu revolutionary to say once a week. Like, yeah, yeah I, I don't true. think I am not in a position to think that way very often and then speak into a microphone and make it interesting for onlookers regularly. Yeah. And that there was this time where everybody was doing it reminds me, it, it feels a lot like the podcast sort of environment that exploded or that lives in the wake of like the the messy talk radio that started around the same time right like you don't get drink champs without the breakfast club true, drink champs true. has grown into something that that works because of the people who are involved they eventually started getting big guests and, and, and it kind of find its own sort of uh identity but drink champs is also just a messy show where people spill tea about rap <laughs> shit but nori is involved so it's fine i guess but, <laughs> right it's it's not i don't know that any of these things are like prolific and they i think when we find one that is that's why everyone's so upset when it leaves right. otherwise everything is just the breakfast club kind of yeah no yeah i think that's a i think that's definitely a good way of thinking about it and especially like when you look at the like i said just looking at the boom like the podcasting boom stuff um and just looking at it and that's why that's why like I use that thing of like I think the Breakfast Club is the progenitor of like all these manosphere stuff because like that's kind of what the manosphere stuff is now, right? Mm -hmm. It's like that same kind of like it's that audience, but now hyper focused on 
incels or essentially like essentially people who can't date right because <laughs> I, I don't think it is i don't think because i don't think it is just strictly male i it is male i think like they are trying to get young males who are like in that space but yeah, i don't think it yeah. is i don't think that is their complete target audience i also think they are aiming to get um uh, women who are have low self-esteem because like that's why they bring a lot of those women on the show and they're like well this is what an ideal woman is and this is what a bad woman is <laughs> and then they they do the t- over talk over and all that bs but I, I i think like these like when you said that like of just like people are just trying to find a thing to do and like i've gotten to like this weird hole of like watching a lot of um debate stuff that's like been on ah, twitch and okay. youtube and everything like that like uh shark zero uh shark three zero shout out uh really do like his stuff but like i i think like the algorithm decided to send me a video of his and then i was just like well let me check out this debate stuff terrible idea uh, as someone who as someone who has gone through gamergate like literally has gone through the gamergate stuff it was really cool to see that those people just never went away they just got way worse and, and yep. just and, and just gotten more awful um no solutions just pestilence literally what it is um but like when i was watching this stuff it it it, it just dawned on to me like i i have quit doing the general podcasting stuff is the reason why like the first video game podcast I did after doing like a podcast for like a couple months was just P and B. And when I, when I told Dylan originally, cause he was like, Oh, Hey, we should do more video game podcast stuff. I literally said, I don't want to talk about video games. There's nothing to me boring than being like, here's the latest release. Da, 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 cause I'm not going to play every game. Like I like just having yeah. a conversation. Right. Um, it's the reason why I like doing these kinds of shows. Cause I think the conversation is the more important thing. But like, when I look at these other shows, like when I look at the stuff that has branched off from where the breakfast club is kind of set, like these kind of, you know, structures and everything like that. And has they've moved on to the manosphere and everything like that. Like I, I just look at it as just like at some point at some point we have to figure out where we look at something and just decide to do like the Simpsons thing of just don't look. And and I say that because I don't think the Breakfast Club and I don't think the Manosphere stuff, and this is why I think they correlate, I don't think they're as big as we would like to say. I think a lot of their audience are people who are like Yo, this shit is crazy. Look how funny this is. And I think ironic views are views still. And I think yeah. like that's the that's the bigger issue. I just <laughs> we have to get to the point where we're just like, hey, this sucks. And I never want to engage with this. Like, I didn't know who Andrew Tate was two weeks ago. I know way too much about Andrew Tate now. So Why like is that the same <laughs> timeline that I have? <laughs> that's the same timeline most people have, because unless you're, you're unless you're plugged in. You're not, yeah. but a person can get, can have 2 million views overnight or not even overnight over like a course of a year. And you could not know who they are because of the, the hyper sort of sensitive influence of like having a very, very, very involved, engaged audience. And then the Andrew Tate thing is also like an example of not only are ironic views still views, but ironic membership is still membership. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, there are, like not everyone who participates in like the the canvassing campaign of resharing and reformatting like Andrew Tate lectures into TikTok videos to just like propagate through TikTok are people who probably believe every single word he said. But 
they get on board because there's a pay incentive to do so because TikTok, if you're a, a heavy user and you have lots of have a, a pretty decent member like subscriber and view count, you can get paid, you can get monetized that way. Sure. Um so cynically there's a just a, a a money incentive to be part of the outrage machine. Um two, there's like that the sort of self reinforcement, like if you want to jokeify yourself or like none of this matters anyway, I'm just here to to troll and spread and chaos the libs and spread chaos then yeah. that there's that's really easy to do with someone like him who is doing it for the same reason by the way right. andrew tate is not divorced from his ironic fan base um but three there's also there is a a group of people who do believe this maybe not they would not not have come to this this like this place themselves but this doesn't work unless there's a problem right like these are all Andrew Tate, uh, Slim and whatever that guy, the other guy's name is. Um, oh yeah, the oh, twins. Fresh yeah. And fit, fresh and yeah, fit. fresh and fit. Um, yeah. Slim and uh, big. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, even you know Jordan Peterson. These these don't happen without an audience, and the right. audience doesn't exist without the problem being there. The idea is the identify the problem, but even then we can't look at what has become because you can't fight the you can't fight the tiktok you can't fight facebook yeah. you can't like you can't twi- like fighting people on twitter or fighting the concept of twitter and its relationship to these things is not an effective solution either like right. you, people don't gravitate to people like jordan peterson because they also believe that they should eat nothing but beef and that uh there's just a fundamental yeah like natural magical gendering of male and female and like this is like a spiritual thing that goes that stretches through the cosmos and some mystical god has granted us the power to be male and female only like that's not what they believe but but there's such a chaotic sort of we're in such a chaotic time to be especially men in a post-capitalist society that they're all fucked up and didn't know what to do about it. And like this man, it comes and speaks to them magically like a sage. Like it's pretty easy to get caught up in this bullshit, I think. Uh, And the problem is some of those people who are easily sort of hypnotized by the swan song of these things, who are also caught in this chaotic fucking mess of post-capitalist man thing are able to buy a microphone on Amazon for a hundred dollars and just say shit into a microphone. I, I was These just are not professionals. Say, yeah. These are just people feeling things, saying some shit. I and then somebody else many. who are feeling the same thing mm-hmm. listen to the shit and they're like, wow, that guy's like me. He's like me for real. Yeah. I can't tell you how many TikTok clips of podcasts where it's just a bunch of dudes on a couch and I'm like, oh, okay. Just everyone's doing it's, it's this just, now. Did six nine violate the street code, but for <laughs> for men <laughs> exactly it's like man y'all y'all can really say so much wild stuff on a mic and, and everyone like has was, the ability to now what was dj envy and and charming the gods qualifications when they started the breakfast club except knowing rappers like yeah literally it, it. it what they what they're good at is what they do and that's be messy on a, on a large platform like that's True. what we've enabled them to do and that's all they that's all they can be expected to do we don't know the we don't we don't have doctors and professors who are hosting great podcasts who want to talk to these these same figures about some real shit because hey those people don't like Beyonce's not going 
on. Yeah, Beyonce's not getting psychoanalyzed on a show. No, not, <laughs> not not but, again. Tyra no, yeah. Tyra fucked it up. Ah, Tyra fucked it up for everybody. Wait, okay, pause. I've heard of this. I've never seen this Tyra Banks episode of be of like did he, did he did she just clock her or something like? She was just incredibly out of pocket. That's literally yeah, she was oh. some crazy questions. This yeah. was like right around. Uh, this is right after Destiny's Child breakup. Like her. her oh shit! This, this is right her, when she was dating. Early. Yeah, she, when she was started. dating, uh, dating Jay Z. Yeah, which was a problem because like the age difference. Yeah, they right? started young. Uh, and yeah, yeah Tyra was, was yeah. very good. early twenties. And he was what, like early thirties? Uh, I think mid thirties. I think yeah. he's like like mid thirties at the time. Yeah, yeah, that's fucking rough. Holy shit! Like, <laughs> Look, I you, I used to this is getting real weird. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. used to say that, but then Day Cook, Day Cook. Okay, <laughs> look, yeah, I've I've heard hearsay of that shit too. That's Here's wild. Thing. I you're if you're a grown person, you should love who you love. Number is just that. Except, except, except if you're in a five year relationship. With someone who is 23 years old <laughs> and you are damn near 50. Not damn near. I'm sorry. You yeah, are 50. You are 50. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> um, have you guys you dated young? Like, like, cause I dated somebody who was in their early 20s. Like uh, and I like not don't call me a cougar or anything, but like I really like them and stuff. <laughs> but the the relationship ultimately ended be, because we were in two different places in our lives. Like I I think they yeah. would still yeah. be the best partner, but it's like they still got some growing to do. And so yeah. I could never understand. Well, I know exactly why Dane Cook is dating that girl. So like, but it, yes, yeah, it's... like it. Sometimes yes, age is not a number, but sometimes it's obvious when there's a huge red flag. So and this is a huge it, red flag. It makes you wonder, like, because they met when she was fifteen. Yeah, they, the yeah. the one yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where the fuck did you meet each other? At a like, game I... night he hosted at his house. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Nah. I'm which not meeting that, which, a teenager for the first time in my house. Which means that he knows her parents. So, like, no. the, the wild thing about that is he has to know her parents and be friendly enough because, like, here's my thing. I have been I, – I will be 36 at the end of this month. I have not willingly hung out with someone under the age <laughs> of 23 for at least – 10 years now you have to have known their parents to then have been like here is this 15 year old also like like you said sonia like i have i have a very strict like eight years i can't do eight years forward eight years back and the reason being that's so much of a gap like once we get past eight for me there's things that i've grown up with that are seminal to me and my beliefs and where i'm at in my station in life once i get past that we may not have the same ideas and likes. Yeah. So like, it's just a mental, it's a mental thing for me. Yeah. I can't go past Well, that. it's a mental and, uh, and both an age thing for me because, um, yeah. uh, as I've been on Bumble for the last few months, the guys my age and above tend to be a bunch of racist, conservative assholes who are like my, I don't see my kids cause my ex-wife doesn't want me to see them. <laughs> yeah, you know, Like that kind of stuff. And so I started dating like, uh, one boyfriend I have is like he's like 27 and like the only uh, well not the only reason I did him but like he is very well versed in like wokeness and the like so it's like it's not a horrible like I feel like I'm betraying my race to date this guy <laughs> so it's just yeah. like but it's it's such a weird thing because like 
yes, it is weird to date somebody younger, but sometimes you can get on as long as you're like both aware and both in similar like life situations, I reckon. But mm. Like, we're not talking about those types of relationships. We're talking about Dane Cook, yeah. Dane Cook meeting a 15-year-old and waiting until she turned 13 or 18 to suddenly fall in love with her. Well, and, and so that's that's the thing that's that's the thing that's I think worse. Like you dating a 27-year-old, I don't think that's a bigger problem just because of like the relative like how close you guys still are relatively in age. This she could have been his daughter. Yeah. Which is yeah. very which fucks with me now because I have a niece who is one, and I'm just like, I, I don't, I, I, what? Like, it's, it's. Yeah, how does it, that even work? Like, I just, it, I, it don't, I think there is no way, that's not true. I was going to say there's no way you can just meet a 15-year-old otherwise, like, outside yeah. and just invite him to your house. But that's not, at, at, at almost 50, there's no way you can just meet a 15-year-old. Yeah, like, what are you doing? Because like, at my age, I can't imagine different. meeting someone that young. Yeah. Like, I don't, even, yeah. I don't do anything that, that would put me in a position to meet someone that young, I think. I, okay, let me make sure. Am I the youngest one here? Yes, I'm yes. like 27. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I am the only person who, in any recent year, has been... In a situation where I can just run into a teenager. Uh, well, I do because, a lot of school talk, yeah. so like I do run into oh, teenagers, okay, well. but like I think they're they're the most most of them are on the on the good, all right. Because I remember once I was talking to a group of kids about self esteem, and I was talking to the girls specifically because it was more girls in this class than boys. I'm like, you know, like when guys guys can be groomers. Like, do you guys know what that is? And like they said no, yeah. and I'm like, well, it's like with with Drake uh, messaging that girl from Stranger Things, I miss uh, you, yeah. and all the girls were like ew like they got that immediately and like the boys are like i don't get it what's so wrong with telling her she, he misses her and all the girls just like mm. whip their head back in and just look at him like oh you like asshole so i think the kids are all right like they yeah i'm about to say filming. yeah kids, kids are all right i'm always down for some aubrey slander oh i'm always down for some <laughs> but it was so hate funny. that man <laughs> it was like i think cooks waiting came out in 2005 <laughs> Yeah. Wait, his was that movie name, about that? It was it, no, his no, <laughs> no. But he was a um, he was a uh, like a line cook in that movie. Yeah, he's oh, like okay, but okay. another another angle in that movie is that there's a one of the greeters is like seventeen or something, and I think there's like a a B or C plot. Where oh, like where they're waiting. He for... is like what what's going on with the seventeen year old? Yeah, uh, uh, hilarious. But also. His fiance would have been six when that movie came, Ooh. which is super weird. <laughs> nah, well, never. Yeah, really uh, that was one of the things that got me because um, my last boyfriend was the twenty-three-year-old, and they were talking about being so young when the Phantom Menace came out, and I was just—it hit me right in the fucking heart. I was like, oh, <laughs> like I was like yeah. twelve when that came out. <laughs> Jesus, fuck. Oh. Yeah, well, it's- it's just I, I think it's uh, but I like I do think like it's a very weird I think you're right about this because I think it is a very weird power thing and it's like this this thing of like this is how I show dominance in a relationship I have this very young woman who doesn't know what she's thinking about right and like and I, I do think like because I, I do like it is it is a thing that can happen like in both ways like Women and men, with, yeah. especially like when you look at like especially like 
women, like women who are teachers who are in those positions of powers who prey on young boys. And like, as, as men were always like, oh, that's rad. It's like, no, that's still predatory behavior. Yeah. We need to call that. I saw well. that's my boy. I understand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, um, do you remember crazy. that story Chris Brown used to tell about like how he would brag about losing his virginity at like eight years old to some older woman? Yeah. And I was like, that is disgusting <laughs> though. Like, that abuse. is, okay. Yeah. I have to look this up because I was literally watching a video essay from, I believe, yeah, FB Signifier, who's someone we've talked about on this thing before. But he had a whole video essay recently about just how black men specifically are objectified. And a big chunk of the beginning of that video essay was talking about all these situations where uh, black men are like, oh, yeah, I lost it at what in my early teens or whatever. And that's like something they gloat about and they feel real confident about it. And years, years later, they're like, that was kind of fucked up. And then it really hits them. So, like, yeah, this is exactly where that type of thing comes from. But, yeah, it's it's. It's very strange. I my my whole thing is like because I'm I'm the youth here. Uh, <laughs> so baby, yeah. speak for your generation. He's the Michelangelo. Exactly. Are you are you are you technically Gen Z? You're not technically Gen Z. Yeah. Ninety four. When's ninety four? I think that's ninety four. Still millennial. Yeah, I think, think ninety five okay. is the cutoff. Yeah. Okay. In that yeah. case, yeah, I'm just barely there. But um, my whole thing was it gets weird for me because I have always been from a fairly early age, like pretty much right around after graduation of high school, I was very hypersensitive to like, I'm not, I'm not trying to hang out with anybody under a certain age. Like I'm not trying to associate. I don't want any complications there. I I'm a good boy, whatever. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I've had a couple situations, especially where before the job I have now, where I work at a warehouse, I used to work just at a grocery store and that's mm. the perfect place for someone who's 16 to get their first job. So I can't tell you how many times where, Nothing like weird happened or anything, but you're just friendly with a person. And then like two weeks into just being cool with them at work, they're like, oh, yeah, I'm 16. I'm like, oh, OK. <laughs> and you're like, all right, well, that was that that's not even a dodge bullet. It's just like, all right, well, now I know. So I know to treat you a certain way and to talk to you about certain things that I wouldn't with other people. So like, yeah, that that can be weird sometimes. And then every now and then it gets real weird where. Some people don't care. It's such a problem. Mm -hmm. I remember at work, yeah. there were some people where they're like, there's this one person who I am not going to even describe, but everyone lost their mind when they started working there. They're like, oh, who's, what's her name? And I'm like, I don't know. I, I see them around. I don't really think about it. And we were friendly or whatever, but I didn't really think about it. And everyone's losing their mind. They're like, oh, she's so pretty, whatever. And then someone tells me offhandedly, she's 16, and I'm like, why is the whole store losing their mind? <laughs> oh, no. What are y'all doing? Does anybody else know this? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm like, yo, like, all oh, y'all are talking child. wild. Like, yeah, that's a whole kid. Like, what the fuck is up with y'all? So, like, yeah, people, people are fucking wild, man. And it, it impresses me how much it's like, you know people don't care and wow. i'm just like y'all should probably fucking care that's gonna fuck them up if not you in jail yeah and it's think... it's like something that's really really hard to discuss just because like you remember how stupid you were when you were 17 or 18 like i am remember yeah. how stupid i was when i was like i remember watching lolita and getting the wrong message from it i was like oh this hot, oh, no. you know, this hot older guy is interested in her like go for it go for it and then i grew up and was like Oh, that's why it was bad. <laughs> that was a horror <laughs> movie, yo. You read into the author and you're like, oh, wow. 
<laughs> That's why he wrote it. Uh, but I was a, a huge um, a fan of uh, what's his face, Alfred from Batman versus Superman. What's his face, Jeremy Irons? Oh, yeah, I had, yeah, I, had, I had a huge yeah, thing yeah. for him when I was young, so I watched his whole filmography, and I'm like, uh, being a young a kid that was underage, I was like, this is the perfect uh, fantasy movie for me. <laughs> I was like, grows up, and I'm oh, like, no. yeah, I dodged a bullet there, I think. <laughs> so. Yeah. Does the whole clip? I, Jesus. Yeah, I, I do yeah, think. I do think, especially in like entertainment space, or even like in the space where we kind of are frequent and adjacent to, right? In like games, especially in podcasting, like these are why these movements happen. Is because like the only time I think I would have been around people that are much younger is kind of in these spaces, and like I think I remember, I think like I remember like having a conversation with a mutual friend of ours, Ty. And like we were talking, and he was like, um, "I went to all these kids like at PAX, you know, uh, you know all this stuff." I was like, "Ty, you're also a child." <laughs> yeah, Ty. And, and, and then he was. Ty like, might be a year older than me. <laughs> right, but then he was like, but he Maybe. was like, he was like, he was like, TL, you don't understand. They are actually younger, and that's what I was like. Oh well, this is why people like because like. I don't think like it it feels very weird to me because like especially like being adjacent in the game space, I have felt like I've been both the oldest person in the room and the youngest person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like I hang out with people like Dan Amrick, who's been in the industry since I was in elementary school. Um <laughs> like, you know, Jeff Green, uh Gersman, like people who've been in the industry forever. And then you're with people like you know, uh, uh, just like, like I said, like Ty, like, um, like blessing, like all these people, are like, mm-hmm. oh, er- y'all are all young. What are you like? Like, so it's such a weird <laughs> yeah. thing of like, of people like, oh yeah, I grew up with the with, with the PS2 was my childhood console. I was like, nigga, I was in I was in <laughs> high school. What are you talking about? <laughs> what do you mean childhood oh, console? PS3 <laughs> like, was mine, but that might hurt the pride. <laughs> I was a grown ass adult when I bought a PS3, but yeah, like I, I, I spent my my money I worked and earned at my job to spend to, to buy a PS3. That was right. the PS4 for me. So it, it just doesn't compute. And like, yeah, I think games is one of those spaces. Like a, a retail job is also one of those spaces where you would interact with actual literal children. Yeah, but it's it, 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 there's no real. There's no way that I can understand. Because it's not that this, no. this woman's not an actor, right? Like she, to my understanding, she oh, hasn't yeah. she hasn't done anything like in Hollywood that would have that he would have interacted. So with she's her. just a random person. It seems like she just is a person. Oh, which is that's... even worse. Like there's no there's no way he would have known this person any other way except knew her parents or something. Yeah. And See, them to play the point that I was gonna like you, fifteen year old lady. <laughs> Not not quite a lady. I'm going to set an alarm I, for that, basically. Oh, <laughs> no. A Google yeah, calendar Google birthday. Calendar um, yeah. Christ. But it, that's even weird because I didn't know that because in my head I was thinking – because you hear this a lot from like celebrities dating very young. And I think to me I always thought that was a case of like, oh, you're both super rich with a lot of free time. And if you're, with the, if you're from a family with a lot of money and you're very young, you're going to go – excuse me, you're going to go hang out where all the big kids are, where all the adults are, because that's going to make you feel cool. You run in those circles and then these connections are being made. Um, whether or not, you know, the parents, because the parents don't care most of the time in these situations. Yeah. So like, yeah. you know, that's what I was thinking. But from that description, 
maybe she's just not famous, but if she's just like some normal person who doesn't even have the money to be hanging around folks like that, like how the hell did this happen? I'm gonna say, is he out here like a college football coach, like scouting them in high school? Christ. Like, oh man, like that her, one James Franco her, movie. Yeah, like, oh man, her potential definitely big upside. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah he, had the, he had the game notes. Uh, Scouts.com for her. Oh no. <laughs> well, have you guys ever heard of like? Well, you probably heard of like Natalie Portman's like background when she was a young actress and how like there was yeah. uh, countdowns to when she was going to turn eighteen and Moby yeah. was claiming to, yeah. to have dated her and this whole thing because like I don't know if you've ever seen Leon the Professional but she plays this girl who is supposed to be in love with like this forty year old man and uh, her parents and Jean Renault who played Leon were like okay we're gonna play it that she, that he's actually like some sort of brother figure to her rather than lover and so like and her parents were like thank you like I'm glad people yeah. have parents like that but it, it seems to be an exception not the rule yeah and, and I, I, I think that's one of those movies that I feel like is something that people also kind of got the wrong impression of despite their and their understanding yeah and i'm just um, like yeah. yeah like gary oldman john renault like natalie portman all recognized that that was not their intention mm-hmm. right um but i think there's only so much you can do when the director and the editing is trying to make it that intention yeah because right. if you if you watch that movie looking for how how does this movie how does this movie stay true to the original script's concept of this relationship mm-hmm. it does in ways that are uncomfortable exactly. and i think i think a lot of i think millennials are really bad at recognizing these things sometimes that maybe you grew up on some weird shit <laughs> yeah like, yeah. like yeah. Your, your fetishization of wednesday adams is weird because she was 13 yeah. yes yeah like, i like christina i like christina too but guess what like i don't go back and be like i think with the as her or like to like like um Topanga, like Topanga. Uh, Topanga's another uh, one, yeah. Daniel Fishel, right? Yeah. Gorgeous, mm-hmm. by the way. Gorgeous woman. I'll say uh, Megan Good is up there too. That's another one oh, where, yeah. like, it didn't feel stopped. weird to me because I was their age or yeah. like right. a little it's bit a little younger. Different. Right. But yeah. as as an adult looking at the, I'm like, oh no, you're a whole ass child. I don't like how this is framed or, or yeah. Uh, um, um, I recently uh, admitted I had a crush on the kid who plays Hawk on Cobra Kai, but I, I prefaced it with, if I was in high school, he's who I would have had a crush on, like watching this show. Or if I was like, I remember I had a little crush on the that. on the kid actor who played Mike in It. Like, because I was like, oh, if I was 12, I would have had a crush on this kid. Like, I I preface with with that because I'm like, I know I don't have a crush on this kid as an adult woman. Mm -hmm. But if I was a little girl as well, I would be like, oh, I would so be holding his hand right now. (laughs) And I don't know, like, how old um, Christina Applegate was in Married Children. She was, like, 16, I think, maybe. But, like, the character was in high school. Yeah. And they used to treat... They used to whistle and like catcall her when she came on the stage, which is super weird because even if these were piped in sound, which they weren't, it was filmed from a live studio audience. So there was actual grown ass men like hooting and hollering when she walked. (gasps) Oh yeah. A child. She's supposed to be a 16 year old child in the, in the kayfabe of this show. And she (laughs) might've also have just been a 16 year old child as a realized person. Right. This is the behavior that not only are we encouraging but we are we are making part of the environment of the show like Mm. the show is is almost like framed around these sort of pops and it's kind of it's really weird like the 90s are fucked up 
for yeah, a lot I of mean, reasons, <laughs> and we're we we all might be fucked up because of them. Yeah, I mean, like yep. they literally <laughs> redid it again with um the show with Nikki Cox, uh, with the the fucking bunny. Unhappily the, ever the, after. Unhappily ever after. Yeah, they literally did it again. They were just like, let's roll this out, and I, like I I think that is just that's incredibly like it sucks. Like, cause I do remember, and like Sonia and Jared, you guys would have been like around the same age I was, like how creepy the people were about like the Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. Yeah, that yeah, was like, like there was like websites dedicated well, to their like, account. They're similar weird. in age to me, so like as I was approaching eighteen too, like these girls were approaching eighteen, and it was just like, cause like when you're a girl, um, especially if you're a girl of color, like um, you the racism you face changes as you become a woman, basically, and so like suddenly when I developed like boobs and stuff, it got to the point where the racism I faced went from uh, look at this kid that's gonna steal to like oh look at this slut I bet you. He does it oh, i bet she goes down easy type stuff and it just got worse because you'd see that these girls that have all this power and all this money are still being treated like they're uh, uh like uh courtesans basically that they're concubines like their only value is when they turn 18 and the first guy hits on them yeah there's no there is no there's no amount of good you could do otherwise to to avoid that treatment mm-hmm. like even and no. it's weird oh, it, it's an interesting sort of I guess vector because I'm trying to think of it in like a sticking on the entertainment. Like I, I can't, I, I, and you guys, you two would actually probably know way more than I would. Um, mm. They don't mm. treat Hillary Banks like they treated Kelly Bundy. No, no, yeah. no. Hillary Banks. Uh, yeah. is, They're the same age. Yeah. Uh, the, like essentially. They go uh, yeah. She's like roughly like 20, 21, but like, yeah, she's like early twenties. Uh, but she, I mean, she's a socialite. She would be kind of the same type of character, but um, she's not overly sexualized. Uh, she's great. She's good looking, but even in the, in the universe of that show, she is considered a very gorgeous woman, but it's it is a it is a she's not sexualized, but she's right. desirable. Yeah, exactly. Like, yes. Everybody yes. wants way of saying that. Her. Yes, but yeah, she is not presented that. as like a she's presented as a prize to like earn, not a prize. Yeah, to win. like and even in the episodes mm-hmm. where she is objectified, like the Playboy episode, or when she wears like a really uh, revealing outfit to her job uh, during a heat wave, like even then it's like really low key, like whistles and like hooting. It's not like anything that Kelly Bundy would have had where it's just like people like foaming at the mouse basically and so it was always someone cartoon wolf yeah (laughs) (laughs) so it was always little key eyeballs in the mouth and it was just funny like I think um Will got objectified more on that show than she did yeah yeah also maybe like the point that's kind of a subversive thing but yeah I watched that Pam Greer clip recently that was weird (laughs) I will say um you guys talk about objectification and I actually want to talk about a little bit about um uh, I think I saw a TikTok, which I was just like, this is what Like, I didn't get oh. upset. I didn't get upset because I was just like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Um, have you guys seen that TikTok? Uh, it's an interracial couple. Um, and uh, it is a, a white lady who says she has Say her, no boyfriend, more. No her boyfriend hall. Yeah. Uh, boyfriend uh, hall, and, yeah. And, I'm, oh, and I God. just, I want to ask people, um, hey, look, I, this is, again, this is, I don't think this is a, a negative, uh, look at because i think like like love who you want to love but Mm -hmm. there are like boundaries that we need to have and maybe like ever saying you have a boyfriend hall 
or girlfriend hall. Like if you're it, a, if you're a white person, just out your look, vernacular. Just take it, it was out. less. It was it less that they she even used that language. It was the fact because the thing that everyone would stitch was. So I bought this one eight months ago, and that's all people heard because that's all people. Would and right there, I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> you 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 can't come back from that. It's over. No, like I, I get it. It was a trend, right? Yeah, like yeah. Was, yeah, you're, yeah. You're treating your your significant other like a like an unboxing. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. The problem is you don't get to just pretend that like 400 years of American history don't exist. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> well, you and, kind of have to acknowledge that. And like that was also a trend. I always also just yeah. like when like um, white folks will get on and be like, "Well, you can't do it to me," but I'm like, it's funny. Like when I say that my British boyfriend is, uh, I'm I, I'm trying to get the land back by breaking his heart. That's funny. Like <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like if he, if he called me a squaw, I'd beat him up and post it on TikTok, basically. And it's just yeah. like, well. No, I <laughs> do that but like it, it was it's just like it's so community weird. guidelines it's so weird though seeing some of like i was complaining about this to somebody on a few days ago but i hate how mean tiktok is sometimes and how much they promote like i sound like such an old woman but like i hate the promotion of the mean pranks that aren't pranks at all or being mean to oh your, your algorithms fucked yeah. i don't know what you're watching <laughs> or being mean to like uh your significant other for no reason like yeah. yeah, those ones just bother me. It's like, do you not like your partner at all? Yeah. Like, <laughs> through a full uh, two pound bag of flour, my girl. <laughs> She's like, in the hospital, it. but it was a great prank. Look at here's, all these views. Yes. <laughs> here's a great prank. I shaved my I shaved my girlfriend's head right down the middle. <laughs> what a great prank. Um, I don't know my 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 TikTok algorithm isn't that it has been people dunking on. Um, and me, so you talked about it a little bit. Modern Warrior, yeah. <laughs> uh, forever. Um, and um, I got a lot about this racist Star Wars puppet. Like, oh my god, I- bro! All right, I, let me really quick because here's the thing: I had no clue any of that was going on. I somehow completely because Star Wars isn't on my TikTok. Puppets aren't on my TikTok. They weren't on watching- mine until they were. Dude, I was watching a video essay about TikTok that um, Aaron Signal, he's a great video essayist, he just put it out. And he was explaining how like TikTok will make like, because they have to curate every single little pocket of TikTok. And when there's a controversy like that, that controversy itself becomes a pocket of TikTok. It can be served to you. He told me about this whole thing in that essay, and I'm like, there's no fucking way that's real. Where other puppets had to come out and be like, hey, we don't fuck with this puppet. <laughs> so, like, Wait, don't puppets associate. Are, like, characters on TikTok? Okay, so no, here's. Well, okay, okay, yeah. okay. Let me. Okay, Explain. so I, I saw this. Like I said, I had no I I had never heard of this puppet before. Uh, <laughs> so I just get on TikTok, and, like, I, I literally, for you, Paige, grow up, and I literally had somebody, it's like, I didn't realize that ball. No, it was, it was somebody stitching like, this puppet was bad. Da, da, da. And I was like, well, what the fuck do you mean bad puppet? So I go see the video. It is like this puppet who is like denouncing uh, uh, Sesame Street because of like COVID lockdowns and was a, was a January 6th truther and all this other stuff. Where I was like, what the fuck is going on? So then there's like all these other switches, of other puppets who have worked with this other puppets like, I used to work with this puppet. I don't. I don't work with him anymore. But like, not, not the as puppet the human. Yeah, the <laughs> puppet as the puppet. The puppet is... had to come on. <laughs> so it's like, um, if that the comedy dog. Yes. Act, like, <laughs> if there were several other comedy dogs and they all like decided that we can't work with this one anymore. <laughs> it's like if Crank Acres had to put out a PR statement. It's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> 
They should. <laughs> like, it, like, well, they yeah, that's know, it's like, yeah, they should. I also think of it like, <sighs> it's so weird to me. Like, <laughs> I, I think of like, when you look at those kind of aesthetics, like as a, a Muppet should just be genuinely fun. Kids look at Muppets and be like, oh yeah, this is a thing. <laughs> and then for it to be like, I think that the election was stolen. Like, wait, no, yeah. hold on. You can't do that. Like there, should, should, there should be some off limit uh, places for, that Muppets can't go. Yeah. Like, yes. I will I will say, to be fair, a lot of this controversy was about the actual puppeteer of the puppet and all of his beliefs were bad and awful. But it was just funny that instead of the puppeteers coming out and saying they denounced the puppeteer, the actual puppet spoke. So do you want to know why? Do you want to know why, though? I'm not sure they said it in the video. So we, again, we all worked in entertainment, uh, games, film, television, like all worked in the entertainment industry. Normally, when people do something stupid, they'll do the notes app. Or they'll apologize on camera, and it's a blanket apology that means nothing, and they're not—they're not actually sorry. When this happened, this is why they had to do it as puppets, oh, not the puppeteer. The guy came with his puppet and did a did a three minute long TikTok apology video as the puppet, not apologizing. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> It was legitimately one of the weirdest so, moments of so my he was, life. The puppet was in character, not but not really because the puppeteer wasn't playing. The puppeteer felt the same way, so the yeah. puppeteer and the puppet became one at at this particular time. And God. the Death puppet the was artist. now the puppeteer. <laughs> yes, and he was literally just the like puppet, he had whispered himself into being a puppet. The puppet literally was just like. I don't think that lockdown should have happened. <laughs> and, uh, and it was just like, what? He had his um, own Dabo moment. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> uh, TikTok is bad. And the only people you should uh, follow TikTok is Prance. Prance does really great videos. Shout out to Prance. I love their whole group. I, uh, <laughs> I will say TikTok has a lot of problems. Yeah. <laughs> will I say it's overall bad? I don't know. I like a lot of shit that I see on there, but God damn, it's it. I don't have a tic- I only ever see TikTok. I don't have one, so I only ever see yeah. TikTok when something fucked up happens. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I recognize that that is a bad, uh, that is a bad meter- measuring stick for whether TikTok is good or not. If all I'm, <laughs> of all I'm ever willing to interest, interact with is all the bad stuff. I know I'm part of the problem there. Uh, <laughs> well, I will say though, I need, I need interracial couples to do two things. One is stop Break that up, shit. Don't do that shit. <laughs> Don't do not treat the other person as property, hmm. especially if one of you are white. Just don't do yeah. it. Don't do it. Yeah. Turns out, white people, we love you. You fucked up a little bit. Yeah. Historically, yeah. you guys fucked up a little bit. In, in a way, you probably can't get over yet. We're not they ready thought, to let it go. Yeah, they have a yeah. few generations to go before it's like oh, forgiven. Right. Yeah. For sure. Two. For sure. Do not cosplay as Cloak and Dagger. Oh, please don't. Do don't not do cosplay as Naru from Prey either. The stat. Yeah, don't do that, that either. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> this is <laughs> new patch notes dropped. Don't be Naru. Either. I, 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 every year, at, every year at Halloween, I do a service announcement. I'm going to do it again this year. I do it every year. You don't have to. Look, you don't have to paint yourself to be a character. And some characters you can't be. It's just exactly. it's the it's the facts of life. Mm-hmm. You get all the power if you don't want to go back in time 
change power dynamics, right. then you can do whatever you want to do. Yeah. Well, don't don't <laughs> land that ship. Just <laughs> go somewhere let, else. Let the indigenous people come to you and let them invade yeah. England. And then Spain. Yeah. Spain. I am exactly. yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I just wanted to ask you guys too. Um, like I think we discussed this before, TL, about like uh, mm. characters that code black or native or Hispanic or something, and we talked about it with goofy movie there are mm. still characters that code as black to me even if they are like uh, a specific t- like they're supposed to be in universe like um uh, uh some other creature so for example yeah. i always thought garnet on steven universe was black oh hell yeah yeah, Garnet's black as oh, yeah. yeah and yeah. so it's like garnet has a big ass afro yeah exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> garnet True. garnet black uh bismuth also black, black. yeah <laughs> um uh Hell, Not Steven look. Universe, but Skeeter also from Doug. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Black. Uh, yeah. No, Skeeter. So I watched a really good video. Someone made a point. I think that in the world of Bluffington, Roger may be the only white person. Uh, they, they literally made the point. I, actually, I was like, yeah, I, read, Damn. I think I read the same thing. <laughs> yeah. I was like, because huh. they're like, Doug, like, Doug, yeah, Doug is white, but not really. And his sister, like, it's like, might be a mixed family. Doug might be really light. His mom got really textured hair. Dinks for sure black. The Dinks are like, mm, yeah. <laughs> like that is like that is like the prototypical like that is like Michelle and Barack Obama like priest. Like, that, those are the Dinks. yeah. Um, like without kids, that's what would happen if they didn't have kids. That's what they would have been. Uh, yeah, obviously Skeeter. Like, come on, um, you got me rethinking Arthur as well. I feel like a lot of Arthur is black yeah, too. I think recently, yeah. maybe not as maybe not like recent years, but like I feel like the last ten years, it's, there's been this like coming to Jesus moment that Arthur, like the entire yeah. the entire Arthur, Arthur's entire family and a lot of yeah. that that town are like multicultural. Yeah, Arthur's Buster is yeah, like the black. token white friend. It's yeah. like everybody hates Chris. Well, I think he is like actually like I think he's like uh, canonically Jewish in the show. Mm-hmm. Oh right, well, like, yeah, true. I think he, yeah, yes. I think he's canonically Jewish in the show. Also, that wouldn't make sense as well with DW becoming a cop at the end of the show. <laughs> like, what? Like, they were just like, yo, yeah. <laughs> they're like, yo, we hate DW so much. We're gonna say fucker at the end of the show. Arthur is like, yeah, my sister, like, cop, <laughs> like, uh. But I also did read somewhere um, that maybe part of the reason. SpongeBob is connects hits so hard in like black communities. Mm. Besides the fact that it is, is like SpongeBob black, it is completely ridiculously <laughs> uh, absurdism in a time where absurdism is like at an all time oh, high. Right. Post it's post nine eleven absurdism. Like to 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 a an inv- to an audience that was ready for it, right? Um, but also, I read this. Uh, it's completely off the wall theory and Reddit that I can't seem to find anymore. Uh, that he was just a white passing, that he might actually exactly. be black, and I'm like, I have no idea. Yo, oh, but I, I wish I could find it because I want to read this. I want to read the the points again. He has I, like Steve Urkel energy. I, I mean, but yeah. if you think about it, though, if you think about it, huh. his grandma is a very brown sponge. Yeah, it acts like a black grandma. I'm just look dots. Sandy cheeks also for sure black sandy cheeks is yeah. every black girl i've met from texas like that is just like that is just yeah. like uh athena palmer. sandy doesn't have guns but she would have if she was she black. would yeah for sure for sure like athena palmer is like you're like yeah i can see like that's like yeah. some sandy energy yeah like she was friends with megan the stallion i'm sure 
<laughs> Sandy Cheeks. I hey, mean, well, it's hey, it's in the name. Hey, it's in they're the going to beat you the same thing. Uh, let's see. I'm going to look this video up because now I really <laughs> don't know this. But you I just mean, got I, that joke I do think, I do think, I do think um, there is a thing of like where we code ourselves into stuff just because like we look at things we're like, hey, this is kind of, you know, what, you know, what we see ourselves in, where we see representative of ourselves. I think it's one of the things like I love about animation because of how animation is done. It doesn't have to be modified of like, you know, we have this star. You, anyone can be in animation. Anything can be shown in animation. That being said, I do think it is important for animation just to show native people and to show, you know, black people on on their stuff without being like, why do we got to transform? Right. And I was thinking yeah. about this the other day because I got mad because I watched like I don't like soul. I think soul. <laughs> I think soul was a very smart idea. But doesn't work because I do not want to see a whole movie where Tina Fey plays the black guy. Um, <laughs> but that's that's a that's a me thing. Uh, but I was thinking about it. I was like, I was like, you know, well, how do how, like how do you say like we want representation? But I, I think about it like when you look at indigenous rep, indigenous representation from those from like Disney movies. Yeah, Pocahontas, which is a whole fucking though, huge can uh, of worms though i must say the ending um is, is still fucks i love that ending um yeah. even, like i forgave like uh i forgave the movie until uh just for that part but go on yeah <laughs> but uh but i mean it's whole can of worms but like then you have brother bear which again an indigenous story but then also you're a bear now like Walking's, uh, and Joaquin's not negative, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that too. Uh, yo, yes. Yeah, well, I mean, look, we're going to voice that. It's going to throw everything completely <laughs> off. God. But, uh, but, I mean, like, you look Turn at it for like anybody. Uh, um, and, like, <laughs> when you look at, like, I think it's, like, it's very frustrating because you're, like, you want to glom on. But then you see characters that are just naturally. And, like, I, again, I for sure believe the, the people of Goofy's type of, like, like whatever that race is because they're not dogs they're, they're people, kind yeah. of dogs but they're black people like they're black brown people in every depiction of those shows they are either coded black or they're coded arab that's african descent and like that's the reason <laughs> yeah. why i push it it is just like that's just especially what it goofy is. movie they're doing yes very black things yeah yeah they got fucking <laughs> power yeah, guys who can't talk musical act like, yeah, yeah. All, all Max is, Max is a Gen X black kid who liked rock and also liked uh, fucking, uh, fucking R&B. R&B. Like, that's yeah. what he was. Love Bobby Brown. Yes, love Bobby Brown. <laughs> Pretty much. That's cross-section. <laughs> was, a, was a big fan of Alfie Shore. Uh, <laughs> is it bad that after that thought, I just imagined, like, a power line performance, but he bends down to pick up a mysterious bag in the middle of the performance. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Yo, how is Tevin Campbell God. not made so much money by doing, I'm going to just do this power line tour? Like, oh. it, has to well, be, it has to be an easy thing, right? Like, yeah, it would have to be, man. I can't imagine but, you do with this tour on that for the rest of your career. <laughs> how many power line songs are there? Two. Yeah. In the movie, there yeah, are two, the but they're yeah. all fucking bangers. Like, <laughs> can make so a power line. He can make a power line album today. And yeah, and <laughs> I sure. would buy it. I would like, like how I was for that Kendrick album. I'll be just as hyped for the power line album. Like, here's the thing. Here's power the line thing. Was the culture time here's, person of the year. Here's the thing. Um, 
eye to eye banger obviously yeah. i think it's one of the greatest greatest ending disney songs uh i think that whole sure. that whole last scene perfect however the thing that gets slept on uh the the opening song stand out that song is fucking mm. heat. Song is it is a better oh. fucking song and it has that fucking rap breakdown at the end where it's just like god <laughs> damn like that <laughs> man that song's so good i would uh, today if they were like we're gonna do a power line album and you gotta you gotta like you gotta pay ten dollars for it i'd drop it right now <laughs> i would be like yeah let's go i'm free. that is assuming disney would even care enough to give the rights to that whole thing but God, they, 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 they like that's what you know. What that's Black what, Panther made all the money. They should capitalize <laughs> off of us more. <laughs> we, really we didn't want Black Panther. We wanted, we wanted Goofy movie too. Exactly. Yeah, we just want the Goofy movie too. We want, we want Max. I don't even know what you would do, like because extremely Goofy Goof movie, Troop, but they're the Migos. But <laughs> <laughs> Max has to, Max has to. His son wants to be a sauerkraut rat. <laughs> and that's the disconnect for the new generation. He used to play music. In my generation, what you know about this? He turns on son. Why are you in uh, the trap? (laughs) You're not in the trap. You're in a suburban house. I work hard for this. (laughs) It's good. It'll just be CB4. It would be just CB4. (laughs) But hey, for a new generation, they you should bring back CB4 for a new generation. But I mean, I do think it is. I think it is very. I I do think like it is. It is unfair that we have to do that. However, I do think it is fair that we do that. I also wanted to bring it up. I want because like, this is MySpace or whatever. I, I can bring it up. I, I got very upset because I was listening to a podcast that a friend of Sonia and I uh, do. Uh, Chris Antisa does a show called Thirty Twenty Ten, and they were talking about Bebe's kids. <laughs> and one of the hosts said that was like, "Oh, I don't think this." Like he was like. Um, I don't think it had like mass appeal and like, I wish it would have been more for kids. And I was like, when I was a kid, this was the show yeah, for kids. Like, like, bruh, like, I, yo, I was, this was, when I, saw baby was, good. I, I, I was like I was their age when I saw baby. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I, I, everything was great to me. I love baby. I, I still love baby's kids. Baby's kids is one of the best movies. And like the, it's also the, an incredibly tame Robin Harris performance. Like, yes. Yes. Uh, well, not Robin Harris because Robin Harris had died. Um, it's Faison. Faison. Oh, Faison Love. Yeah, Faison Love oh, yeah. does yeah. a Robin Harris impression. Impression. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But the the fuck the rap scene where they're on trial, like Honest Abe is on trial, and George Washington is trying to kill them. Like, <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's just like the whole like I'm on the offense. It's like it's like it's like it's like I'm on the offense. Y'all on the defense. Let's see if we can make some sense. I was like. Damn! Like as a kid, I was like, you know what? Yeah, a weird, yeah. a weird Mars. race reckoning uh, about how young black kids uh, can interact with the ghost of the founding fathers in the middle of this <laughs> hour-long animated movie about being badass kids from the hood. Like a weird, a weird moment of clarity and insight. Yeah, I think maybe that movie is better than you think. Yeah, and then uh, white kids being like, "Oh, hey, can I appropriate your culture?" It's like, "Nah, but we'll call you Opie, and you can hang with us, and that's fine." <laughs> like that's what the best parts of the movie is. Like, can we be baby's kids? Like, I mean, yeah, y'all can act, but y'all can't act like us. And I was like, as a kid, I was like, "Damn, that makes all the sense in the world." A like, really great <laughs> transition though from yeah. Opie is a video you sent. Oh. oh my god yeah so i said i've said to everybody uh the so okay look 
this is hip hop day. Um, I will what? declare it is, it's, it's dead. <laughs> I'm going to declare it dead. Uh, this, the good kid, 50 years. this kid um, is one Incredible. of the worst. I never thought they could gentrify Juicy. I never thought in a million years they could gentrify Juicy. Um, it's this, Tampico. Did you guys did you guys watch the I whole I didn't because it looked terrible and I was like I'm oh, kind of second hand embarrassed. It's worse than you think, actually. It's incredible because here here's the thing, because I watched this whole thing. Have, have you said what it is yet? Uh it is all right, this Before is we start Maddie, talking about it. Maddie B raps uh cover of Notorious VIG's Juicy. It is like it's so weird because it's it's like the kids bop version of Juicy, but <laughs> It's not as anonymous. Like he's talking about his actual life. <laughs> and like uh, yeah, he's like, real. oh man, back when I was a scrub and then lumberjack, and then he cuts a video of him as an even younger child rapping on train tracks in a lumberjack shirt. And it's like, so you're actually trying. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't understand it, right? Like and and I think this has been a thing. This 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 video in particular comes up a lot. Uh, because it's maybe the best example of how ridiculous this is. Mm-hmm. Um, this this guy, he's like, a, I think the first thing he ever did was cover Bieber. Yeah, which baby. Which makes yeah, sense because yeah. he's a Bieber-esque kid. Yeah. Um, and then I think there's always been a, a, an uncomfortable intersection between pop music and the people who consume pop music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. pop music is no longer uh, a very white, very... Uh, it's not it's Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera and the Backstreet Boys don't run pop music anymore. Pop music is Migos now, right? Maybe yeah. not, maybe not today, but it was. It's it, that yeah. rap. Hip hop is, is just as much music. pop as it and is anything else. There yeah. is no hardcore rap necessarily anymore. That's not true. You can you can. I've been to plenty of places that people who want to sell you your mixtape, and <laughs> they're just there's bars on there's bars in there you're never gonna listen to. Yeah, they are the hardcore. <laughs> they're the underground rappers, but um. This reminds me of a time, I, I think it was maybe 2017 or something like that. Um, I think maybe Beyonce or, or or someone was performing at like the Grammys. And there was a picture or like a, a small clip of Taylor Swift like rapping every word. Ah, mm. uh, this is Kendrick. Kendrick, yes, yes, it's Kendrick. <laughs> yeah, I and know this clip. upset because we're focusing on this white lady rapping to Kendrick. We have to also, but I think that's not necessarily fair because A, they would then eventually work together. But yeah. B, uh, she grew up listening to rap because she was, what, 21 at the time, probably? Yeah. Exactly. And she had probably listened to rap she, on the radio. She was like, listening to Wipe Me Down remix and shit. Like, right, she, yeah, she, she's she crazy. I don't, she wasn't listening, she wasn't watching BET After Dark, but she was probably, <laughs> Maybe. she was probably exposed to rap heavily, like a lot of yeah. people yeah. in the 90s were. So it's, it's fucked up to, to pretend she's appropriating something when really this came to her. Right. Uh, Cause she was mm-hmm. like a, a white girl in the Midwest playing country before this happened. Like mm-hmm. that, that one's on us. True. My yeah. bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but this is like a kind of a weird perverse example of that where like this kid clearly also, cause he's 19 now this, he, this is probably came out 10 years ago. Uh, yeah. He, I don't know if he ever heard Juicy before he decided to cover it. It clearly wasn't on the radio when he did this. Juicy came out in 94. Like, yeah. I was his age in that video when Juicy came out, probably. Right. Um, but I was being he, is still, he was still a kid who probably listened to rap on the radio. So, like, rap might be his favorite kind of music as, like, a seven-year-old. 
so him deciding he was going to start like emulating and covering the thing he knows and loves uh, so like uh, naively and and kind of cringe and cringefully is like not the same kind of appropriation as we we sort of label it as like yeah. this is kind of a kid just doing a thing he like emulating a thing he likes mm. he sh- maybe some adult should have stepped in and so been that's like, why we're not going yeah. to encourage you this we're actually <laughs> yeah. going to tell you like you're, it's okay that you like this music and that you actually want to do this but it's weird like it's probably not okay to to make a YouTube go after the classics yeah. Yeah. Right. So, uh, so that's my bigger thing it's it's not that like yes i think it's very easy to be like this kid is cringe right and i think it's i think to me it is more funny than like it's i'm bad. upset it, yeah, I think, i'm not mad <laughs> this is yeah this is, it's bad it is and funny. It's funny yeah um <laughs> But, like, yeah, I do want to know where the parents are. And, like, it reminds me of – there's another one. It's a different kid. I, I think it's a different kid. I don't think it is Maddie B. Raps. But it's a different kid who do, who did the uh, 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 cover of Sorry, Miss Jackson. And it's, like – It's him. See it. it is him. Okay, yeah. It is him. Where I saw that like, clip, too. Me and yo down. It was, like, it was, like, damn, man. Like oh, I gotta God. listen to Quiver Die because you're ruining my day right now. But um, Good God. <laughs> but I I I do think it's like I I don't think like I think it's funny to make fun of this stuff, but not to hold Maddie B to like this. Like oh, you're ruining the like no. He also did the same thing with fucking Hamilton. That was like the first thing I saw of him, and I was oh, like, no I was wonder. like, I was like, I oh. was like, uh, I was like, oh, this is corny. But you know what? Hamilton's corny as shit too, and I like Hamilton, so like this is fine. Like I can't get mad at a white guy rapping Lin Manuel Miranda stuff when Lin Manuel Miranda rapped it, and I'm just like, you're not good I at still, this, dude. I still don't know how I feel about the fact Lin Manuel Miranda was like, oh, Hamilton's great. Let me make a song with Nas and Royce the Five Nine and Black Thought. I'm like, how dare you? <laughs> like it's my like, thing. God with, damn it. My thing with uh, with Lin, I and. I want to make this completely. I am a huge fan of Lynn. I think I think Lynn yeah. is a no disrespect to him. It's just like I think he's how? a good writer. <laughs> I think you know what Lynn is. I went on that whole thing about how I don't care for a childish Gambino because he tries to put like this upfront of what he is. Lynn is Lynn, Lynn is childish Gambino who understands that he's actually Donald Glover, right? Like Lynn yeah. knows he's Lynn. Lynn knows like oh I'm just this guy who like I can do this. But I'm also like someone who's obsessed with the McElroy brothers, right? Like, like mm. he understands who he is. So that's why I, I I have a lot of respect and I am a fan of his. However, that being said, it's like um, I think like the conversation came up recently about the Joss Whedon because like uh, Forspoken has <laughs> yeah. that trailer now where it's like oh, uh, you're telling me I'm in the <laughs> magic world and uh, I have powers now and I'm talking to a bracelet. <laughs> okay, that's what I live like now. If you were like, okay, can we stop with that? Like. I love Lynn. Can we just stop with the Lynn rap? Like, I don't... We're, we're done with it. We're done with it. Like, in Kato, the best songs don't have the rapping in it. Like, that's that's actually the thing about it. Like, I, I just... I, I think, like, Maddie B is like that space. So, like, I, I think it's fun to make fun of that, but also realizing... Uh, like he's a kid. Like we were. Like look, when I was in when I was in fifth grade, I rapped in front of a whole auditorium. There is Bro. no video of it. I bet that shit is cringe as fuck. I know for a fact <laughs> it's cringe as fuck because I've rapped for uh, victory over violence, mm-hmm. and I know I did at one point. I did a V 
over the motion. And that's not on the internet, and it will never be on the internet. <laughs> I'm lucky I didn't get that far, but I did. Me and my cousins made a Rugrat-themed version of Shake by Ying Yang Twins and Pitbull. <laughs> Wait, I need to hear that. <laughs> I don't know where it, We didn't, like, record or anything. We wrote down all the lyrics on a random Saturday because we were just chilling. We did not go far enough to actually lay down a track, but thank God that's dead. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. Well, somebody, anyway, as you were saying. Yeah, somebody was posting on Twitter about, like, uh, what would what would it be like if you were in high school right now? And, uh, like, would you want to be in high school right now? And I was like, not on your damn life. <laughs> like, there's, no oh, there's no way. Yeah, I had the worst four years in high school. Like, I remember um, thinking I was the baddest, like, person because I listened to Rob Zombie and stuff like that. <laughs> Like, just being like, if I had the internet the way I do now, man, that would have been painful. And I, like, I cannot, like, I know now why lots of kids delete their Instagrams every two weeks. <laughs> so, yeah, like, a lot oh. can happen on the internet in two weeks when you're a, a child that does nothing but go to school. No way, exactly. We had an intranet in my high school, so it was like a there was like a an email system that only existed in the sort of mm. confines in- of the school. Yeah, but it it, it 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 grew into its own sort of social network, if you will. It was kind of like a. It ended up being like a bunch of like a forum board. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody, one of the kids in our high school, made a forum that we could access in the school. So we had the internet, we had the like the email sort of infrastructure that was connected mm-hmm. to the library in the actual school, mm-hmm. and then we could get to this other forum board. And that forum board was like proto. It was forums in two thousand two or whatever. Yeah. But it was like proto social media like it is now. So, you know, you couldn't there's only so far any anything could reach necessarily. But if that was any experiment experience or experiment in like what me and folks in my of my age group in in my environment would uh, experience the internet like, I can't fucking imagine what it'd be like where I could do any of that. Any one of us can do any of that stuff, but the the audience is infinite. Mm-hmm. It isn't just the 230 kids in my class or whatever. It's it's anybody. And it you doesn't have what? to happen right now. Like it could happen 5 years from now and I think I but I think I'm past it and I I'll never be past it because a, a clip has resurfaced. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll say this because I kind of wanted to bring this up earlier when we were talking about all the uh, video game industry stuff and how people are starting so young. Yeah. I am definitely in that wave where like Yes, there's a footprint. Like, so much of my life is still on the internet. Like, yeah, I've been on Twitter since, what, 2013, which is right around the time I graduated high school, which thankfully, because in high school, I went through some phases. But, um, but and, and a lot of that stuff is even on Facebook, because I could sign up for that when I was 14. Oof. Yeah. Um, Hate but that. Any, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Let me tell you. There's one picture people roast me with all the time, but that, different topic. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, there's so much stuff on there where, yes, I have a long trail because I've been on the Internet since, like, 2008, damn near. But also, I was thinking about this. The first podcast I was ever on was, like, maybe 2009 when mm. I was, like, in 10th grade or something. And so it was literally some random dude who knew me through like, I don't know, co- comedy button Facebook group or something was like, ah, oh, you seem cool. Want to be on our podcast? And I'm like, I can be on a podcast <laughs> 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 like just randomly like that. I can just happen. And I remember because I didn't even have like my own computer yet. So I had to get my mic and plug into my PSP and go through Skype on there. And that's how they got my audio. Yeah. So like 
it's like that type of stuff where yes it's a double-edged sword of like all of your anything you thought was a good idea to post when you were 13 14 whatever that's still there people can find it if they would like but at the same time folks are getting such a head start like if you're that's how people like mr beast exist where he find out he found out he loved making videos at a very young age because that technology and the internet existed to that degree when he was like you know 15 16 and so he's been doing all this shit for years until he gets to what i think he's like 21 22 and he's like the biggest in the world he's like early 20s look it up no, I refuse. <laughs> Maybe don't look it up. It'll make you sad. But it made me sad. But no, I, 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 I do think like I now you guys are thinking we think of like where does my footprint on the air? Because I, I like I think Jared, you and I started around the same time, like of doing more integrated stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and like I remember because I think I think we were first introduced uh, back when uh, I think Nathan Munier had started like doing like this page where he was like getting people who were like outside of the industry like to get start doing freelance and stuff i think that's when we yeah there's a facebook group for like like freelancers or like people who weren't in basically he was the door in until he left completely and now he makes games but (laughs) right um but like i but like i had i'd been doing podcasts like previously because i remember like I and now I'm just like thinking about like how I got started all this stuff. Like I remember originally like not knowing what a podcast was and everything like that. I was just like, oh, I want to work around games because I wanted to go to school to make games. I want to work around games. Then I found like, oh, you can go in this route. And I remember uh, there used to be a podcast again. Sonia, my f- uh, friend uh, Chris Antista used to run a show called Talk Radar. Mm-hmm. Um, and at one point, um, I got famous. I do any of this stuff. Because I tweeted recklessly one day, like one of the hosts <laughs> was watching um, Land Before Time, a movie I don't like. Uh, <laughs> and I just said, Land Before Time, uh, we're back a dinosaur story. Better fucking movie. <laughs> um, which became a whole podcast segment. <laughs> and then it was just like so then like I'm on Twitter and like I said I think I had, I started doing podcasts like started doing podcasts like I think two or three weeks previously and um and they were doing like this 24 hour stream and like I knew Dan Amrick Dan Amrick was a hero of mine and we're just playing NBC on the stream and Dan Amrick just like so uh Lambo Four Times is a shitty movie. <laughs> I was like <laughs> uh but like there I I definitely have called into that show like back when I used to go to this club out here in Jacksonville, it's called the Pearl. You pay ten dollars, and you got the drink free all night. So oh, I used shit. to be sloshed in the club, calling this podcast like I'm so <laughs> drunk right now, and like that is God. thankfully future is so bad at archiving their stuff. It's just gone from the internet, and I'm just I like thank you every thank you. day. Yes. It is gone, and no one will ever. This is before hear. Google Drive, like cloud drives, where shit was just backed up infinitely. Right. Yes, I think uh, there's um <clears throat> there's definitely a a generation of like games podcaster that grew up listening to the beast cast or yeah podcast beyond in like 2012 and they all kind of just made the same podcast after that yeah mm-hmm. and i feel yeah. like there's a lot of people even even people like miller greg miller himself who have talked to about um some shit that you can't listen to anymore because it's just gone now and it's probably for the best like, yeah um, <laughs> ign used to have a show where 
several super knocking boots super knocking boots <laughs> yeah uh which is a show where i wrote into where, that show where, where it turned out <laughs> it turned out like it ended up just being a show about like four dudes drinking on a live mic basically right um and they would pretend that they were, they were giving relationship advice or something but it's really just them being yeah. ridiculous for three hours uh-huh. uh you can't find that show anymore for a good reason yeah. And I don't think Maddie B. Rap's like juicy cover is like that cringe. <laughs> no. Um, but I think that he is going to, he lives in a world where his trail, like you said, his trail is way longer. Um, right. Like my internet footprint probably starts around 20, uh, 2006, as far as like social media goes, because mm-hmm. I went to college around then. And you, and that was just mm-hmm. when Facebook was opening up to colleges that weren't Ivy League schools. Uh, right. My so when I went now. to college, I got into college email and used that college email to open a Facebook account. And I, it's the same Facebook yep. account. <laughs> uh, bingo, bingo. But I, I, I still, I'm still very bad at like promoting anything I do on that Facebook account. So like, if I did a cringe uh, podcast in 2015, it's probably only on Twitter. It's also probably gone, right. but like there's, I, I feel way more, it's interesting to see that kids are both maybe way too comfortable with living their life on the internet, but also live in a world where they have to be, they're way more aware about the things that can come back to them. And I think they're learning these things at the same time. So you watch a lot of people fuck up, but also watch a lot of people kind of become very brand trained and brand aware, like overnight. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a very interesting thing um, that I I think is scary to watch and scary to think about. Like, I don't know how many 16 year olds are going to ruin the future because of some 16 year old bullshit they've done. Like, I don't know what, what that guy, the kid's name is. I show speed that uh oh god dude i i don't know how old he is but i think he is literally 16 yeah i I think i i know he's not he's not an adult but i don't know how close to being adult he is Mm -hmm. but he is he's like a million he's like a million subscriber streamer the only interaction again like tiktok the only thing i ever see about this dude is fucked up and i can't imagine this dude's future is going to get better (laughs) based on the things i've seen if he blows up and stays relevant based off of that side of his existence, right. then yeah, that's not. I think be the only future pretty. is that this becomes his job. If he's like, "Fuck, I got to do something else," like he's got to get rid of this. He's gonna but turn into wings then, of redemption. <laughs> but even then, there's no way to get rid Christ. of it because you live in a world where that or everything he's done is permutated forever. So, like, somebody mm-hmm. has a video of him lighting his mom's house on fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that did happen. Yeah. Like, he oh, might not shit. have it, but somebody does. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. yeah I can. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I I just think we're gonna all like collectively as a human race are gonna have to get used to more of our dirty laundry being out because if we live our if we live so much of our lives in front of everybody, then that means so much more can come to bite you in the ass. And I think mm. it's gonna be a really awkward situation here. I think it's gonna be a transitioning period where. The folks who did not live their lives like that are currently in charge and are hiring the people whose ass out on the internet all day. <laughs> so at a certain point, those people in charge will be replaced by the people who have been on the internet since they were 10 years old. And then they will have a little bit more sympathy and be like, all right, well. I've had a you, gamer moment or two. Yeah. <laughs> or not even, not even, oh, you have flaws. I can see that and I recognize it. It's more so that. I know not to look. Yeah. <laughs> and so you don't even find that shit out until someone's like, actually, this was maybe more severe than you might have thought. 
um so yeah i think i have the the oldest footprint on the internet because i have a live journal from 2003 then that was right when i graduated yeah i ran it uh when i was in high school right before i graduated and it's still out there. I don't think my name's attached to it, um, but I still keep an eye on it, and I look back on it, and I was like, what was I on? <laughs> so. Yeah, I think the first social media thing I did was in 2004. There used to be a site called Zanga. Oh, uh, yeah, my sister was so Like the mobile had... games? <laughs> no. <laughs> different. Okay. No, it's, oh, Having different. a youth moment. Uh, this is like, it was like a, it was like, it was like a proto, like, MySpace very more like actually like HTML based. Like you had to learn how to code to make the site actually work. But that oh. was like during my, I'm, what is this anime? I'm really into anime now phase. Um, <laughs> to the point where I think at this one point, like I was staying at like these people's apartment. I was technically homeless at the time in college. College was a wild time, y'all. Um, <laughs> Can imagine. That was, I was just staying at somebody's apartment uh, and just, yeah, using my Zynga and just like, kind of like Jared said, like it was almost like a very proto, like a P2P like file share. Cause like, it wasn't an intro, like it was on the internet, but it was a very small group uh, within Auburn, Alabama. <laughs> so like, it was just like that small group. So I don't know. Uh, the internet's weird. Uh, I do want to talk about this one story before we do go. You know what else is weird? What's the oh what's the not man? I'm trying to think of a way that's oh. not ratchet about bringing this up. Uh, Sonia, <laughs> did you know <laughs> that, that that Vark the dinosaur can teach you how to have tantric sex? I saw your Twitter uh, tweet about it earlier. I think I think yeah. that was that you. That was you probably. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, what that is. Yeah, so. Dinosaur uh, is uh, the guy who plays the guy who is the actor of Barney, David Joyner. Put respect on his name. Uh, uh, is a uh, tantric sex worker. Uh, he's, his tantric massage. This is from the U.S. Sun. Um, uh, David Joyner, who spent ten years aside, the lovable Tyrannosaurus Rex has now become a spiritual healer after hanging up the dinosaur in 2001. Uh, today, his tantric massage practice boasts multiple clients, dubbed goddesses, and he unlocks the energy of two to four women in a normal work week. Man, his hands tired. That is he unlocks a the sentence. <laughs> yes, he unlocks. Is he Sora? Is this Kingdom <laughs> I mean, wow. imagine getting your black your back blown out by Guardians. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think what's what's interesting is like this is this happened after they. I mean, at, yes. least, at least they draw the line to after him hanging up in the Barney suit in two thousand one, which is hilarious. Yes. It's a hilarious thing to kind of like. I see him hanging up the suit like Batman in, like, in a case and then like yeah. the lights off. And, it's like, in the trash can like Spider-Man too. Last time. And yeah, then no. decided to go do tantric sex. He like... had nothing else to prove. Yeah. <laughs> but, okay, I can go live my real dreams. All right. Yeah. His, his, him talking about it with Vice. This is him talking about it with Vice. He says, uh, before I got into the Barney costume, I would pray and ask, <laughs> I would pray and ask God to allow his loving divine spirit to flow through me do the costume and let that draw the kids. That energy would always draw them in. 
Children are more connected spiritually than adults. A lot of time when I see infants and I'm out and about in the grocery store or whatever, they start smart, uh, staring at me. I make a joke. You know who I am. Uh, he begins, <laughs> like, he begins uh, studying Tantra in his teens. It took him his current profession in 2004. His website promises clients, when you leave my sessions, you will feel more alive, more awake, and whole as you as you as to whom you are as a spiritual being. Uh, excuse me, I am uh, very prudish. So, does tantra actually mean that he that people are having orgasm in this environment, or does he just actively encourage them? Like, I don't. I I. I, I as someone, I, I can't say I can't say um, I am. I, I will never be an expert on tantra, a uh, tantra or tantric sex practices. Can't say that, right? Uh, what I, what I would, what I believe, what I think of people who practice it, I think the whole thing is like that spiritual oneness, and you're supposedly like getting each other off to the point where it is a a a uh a spiritual release it seems like a lot of work for for a moment where at the end you're just all like man we could have done something else with this. Yeah. um i gotta finish elden ring like come on, <laughs> yeah he's the final boss <laughs> real, okay real quick real quick question i promise this is connected uh-huh. who's the guy who sung this is how we do it uh, Montel, Montel, Montel Williams. Williams. Yeah. Montel, Why does he look like his uncle or something? <laughs> I mean, he, but he would have to be younger. Yeah. I mean, yes, I'm sure he's younger. not actually his younger or actually his uncle, but he like, looks he like just... dollar store Bobani Jones. Like, yeah. If you were or Montel Williams. Jones or Montel, <laughs> like, here's the thing. All, all look, all bald black guys. We all look alike. We have like different. <laughs> it's like, it's like different. Like, like in video Damn. games, in video games, like there's like three black faces for bald mm-hmm. black guys. There's like three black faces. Yeah. You're My all Freddie Gibbs as far as I'm concerned. It's, it's Montel Jordan or, or it's, which, which is funny. This, or it's Robert Townsend who is not bald. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I literally I used to go yeah. to this one bar uh, and this guy because like this is back when I had I had a sweater vest phase uh, in the in the in the early 2010s again glad that is no longer documented anywhere uh, but the guy used to call me Mike Brown because I'm a bald <laughs> black guy and it's like I don't look anything like Mike Brown what are you talking about uh, but yeah man okay so this is out of pocket right but <laughs> everyone knows no one tweet at him we're all good um somebody's had to have at had to have asked him to put on that suit while they have said oh definitely. like that is like that is there there is not a zero that suit is in the closet on a hanger t posing right now <laughs> I was say, like, do you think he has like like do you have to give up the no i think he has one probably he has his own? no you keep that suit they didn't do have to have Barney. his own here's the thing does steve the Steve, like, like, like Steve Blues Clues, Bro, obviously different those stuff, are faded, right? My guy, <laughs> obviously <laughs> like different setup, but like, do you think, like if you're Steve? Okay, if you're Steve at Blues for Blues Clues, right? This isn't even on some like, again, power thing. Like, you you should be able to go up to like every mom, and be like, hey, what's up? And like, pull out your notebook if you like. You just got a letter, like, like. like <laughs> you can do that. Like I feel like this is like the ultimate end. It's like, oh shit! <laughs> and I'm Luska doing to you. That's what you said. 
I wonder. I wonder how many times. He's been Hat, like, 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 bar and was like, "Well, let me just see." And then he he slides up with the crayon. <laughs> like, like, look here's like here like Young Gravy right now. Uh, like, there's a whole ass dude wanting to fight Young oh, Gravy because yeah. he wants to like to date Mills. But like, if Young Gravy really wanted to get on that train, right? If Young Gravy really want to get on that train, buy a purple start, suit. Start well, yeah. Buy a purple suit. Start like a show on Nickelodeon Junior, and just feel oh, like, no. oh hey, like uh, I'm pretty sure like uh, the Yo Gabba Gabba Bear is that. I was just is? about to say, <laughs> like I'm you could sure definitely talk bear. to an executive, be like, oh, we got a rapper again. Let's make Yo Gabba Gabba a thing again. <laughs> I mean, you, that bear. One, I believe that that was probably a white dude in that suit, and you know that guy probably. when he goes to parties, he's like doing the dance, and they're like. Wait, you know how to dance? He's like, I know how to do a lot of things. Like doing that whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, man, Barney! We all made fun of David uh, Coulier when he was like, "Oh, we're gonna make a dark Barney movie." It turns out the movie's just gonna be thirty minutes of Barney having tantric sex <laughs> with somebody. Christ, <laughs> it's just fucking that, hereditary with Barney. Is that I love? Is the I love you song just a fucking lie? <laughs> like, <laughs> like he's like he's like I love you. Uh, oh, I get it now. I love. Uh, you're you, missing the really? ed. Oh, you're right. <laughs> I love. I love. <laughs> this uh, <laughs> Boy, howdy. Uh, you remember that meme like, a couple years ago where people just put like the Brazzers logo up on stuff? Like, I want to see, I want to see, that, like, yes. I want to see, like, stills of like it was just like Barney, it is just like the Brazzers logo <laughs> on the bottom. So, like, I need specifically one of the images of Barney running where he always looked <laughs> weird when he ran. Oh, man. Oh, god. Uh, yeah, that's what a fucking closer. That's a fucking story. <laughs> that's a fucking closer. Holy shit. Oh yeah. I we was just like, well, we, we... I should hang out. Sort of <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, this is where we're going to go uh, and plug the stuff. Uh, Sonia, uh, as our as the first guest, welcome to the thing, but also my co-host of the other thing that we do. Uh, what would you like to plug? Uh, like just to my plug. Twitter right now, at Sonia Ballantyne on Twitter. Um, I have an Instagram, at Sonia underscore Ballantyne. You can see some of my pictures from when I went to Berlin, which was fun. Uh, all I do is post Simpsons memes, so it's not that fun. But yeah, like Twitter is my main source of business-y, businessy stuff, so keep an eye out there. And you can always uh, look me up and check out uh, uh, I worked on The Walking Dead The Last Mile, which is on Facebook right now it's currently in a break at the time of this recording before it goes to act one and so check it out it's really good it's been fun to work on uh thank you for not blowing up my dms with with messages about why this isn't the clementine game and thank you all (laughs) (laughs) no if you do that if you do that i will roast you I, i i i have no problem i am so far games adjacent if i if i hear about that i will roast you and i don't give a shit yeah that's fair. <laughs> uh, Certainly. Emmett, anything you would like to promote? Uh, same thing I always promote. Uh, Twitter is ejspun61. Follow me on there for uh, gaffs and goofs or whatever. Uh, and also Players Club Podcast. That's a show that I do over at VGU.TV. So you can check that out. Uh, we talk a lot about video games there. It's fun. Uh, and yeah, that's more or less what I have. I want to do more stuff, but I have to have energy and not be at work all the time for that. So TB, uh, TBH to be continued. TBC. There we go. 
I will see about that. THC, get it? Smoke. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) We're smoking a lot with the topics on this episode, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Jarrett, anything you'd like to promote there? Uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) You should follow him though, Jarrett John. Yeah, do that at least. I I definitely have tweets for you. (laughs) That's about it currently. Uh, uh, I'm going to promote something because I'm doing a very stupid thing for a good reason. Um, so, uh, so uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Turbo Bison, blah, blah, blah. Don't follow me. I'm a bad follow. I just tweet recklessly. <laughs> don't give damn. a shit. But uh, you should follow me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Turbo Bison on September 3rd, which is the first Saturday. It is Labor Day weekend. I will be doing a 24-hour live stream uh, to raise funds for the old hammer foundation um which you guys don't know um or by the time you listen to this this is outdated and hopefully we've gotten back to a normal ass country uh but there is a open attack um towards people um who um who have birthing rights uh open attack where our country is trying to take away from that so i am raising funds uh, to help uh, fund the Hammer Foundation that helps with reproductive rights for those who need it, um, and I think at a at a time like this, especially in the countries that uh, the city in the in the states that this uh, foundation promotes, which is Georgia, Mississippi, Alabama, and Florida, um, it is great to help fund uh, you know contribute funds with that. I have been a very big supporter of the Yellow uh, Hammer Foundation for years, um, but I do feel like if I was going to do another one of these twenty four hour streams. It would be for that. Uh, I have asked Jarrett and I've asked Emmett to help out. I will ask Sonia to help out, like uh, again, like we did previously for my right other now. one. Uh, <laughs> right now, 24 <laughs> hours. No. Uh, but yeah, um, it's something very special. Uh, I'll be playing games. Uh, we're going to raise funds. I have decided if we do reach $1,000, I am going to uh, I am going to chug a whole thing of Mad Dog 2020. Um, wow. which seems like a fool's errand. That is I pretty mad, dog. Uh, uh, into the phone. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm typing 9-1, and I'll type in one again. <laughs> I will say this, too. I have never gotten to my full story of why I will. I am going to fight Billy D. Williams. Like, it's on site. Like, this is not even a bit or a joke. People who know me know it is on site if I ever see that malt liquor Bro. selling motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> I mean, at this point, if that fight happens at this point, he's just going to fall down like a Lego enemy. Good. I hope he does. <laughs> like Ric Flair in a final match, I'll be passed out three times. He'll turn um, into a bunch of coins. <laughs> like, like granddad felt uh, bad. Buffalo Nickel beat, specifically. Granddad felt bad when he beat Stick Meter. I won't. <laughs> um, um, but um, if I reach oh, a certain boy. amount, I will tell the full reason of that story. Uh, if he yeah, reaches a hundred grand, he'll actually fight the guy. <laughs> if I, oh, if I we'll reach hundred grand, Billy I will out. fly to Billy D. Williams, <laughs> and we will. Box, I will fight Billy D. Williams, God. his son, his grandson. I'll fight the whole lineage, and we get a hundred grand. Uh, but, bloodline Billy Dunn. But yeah, but again, yeah. All seriousness is a very serious thing. I do want to raise funds and help out those who are affected. Um, and yeah, if you live in those states, uh, however you can assist people, assist people. But also don't like tweet about it. Uh, <laughs> don't tweet like, hey, you can come stay with me. Like the government's yeah. out here raiding folks. Like be smart. I just want mm-hmm. you to be smart for like a second. So yeah, don't get Mario Lagoed. 
Don't get more. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I didn't want to make this episode because it did break while we were recording. Do you know what they were looking for? What were they looking for? This the dumb tapes? motherfucker took nuclear fucking codes <laughs> to his house. That's why they raided him. What a dumb world we live in. What a dumb world we live in. God damn it. <laughs> we live in a hell world. Uh, we live in a hell world. So, uh, for Sonia, for Jared, for Emmett, I'm TL. This has been Welcome to the Thing. Welcome. You have just been thinged. Don't get your back blown out by Barney. <laughs> That's how you don't end. get wiggled by the wiggles. <laughs> That's actually how you end. <laughs>